In this episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, we're going to get knee deep into the field trip fiasco, baby. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. Mr. Clark had been out for a couple of days. One of our fifth grade teachers had a procedure done. And when he came back, the first thing he did was he read the report left behind by his sub. He read the report and was disappointed by some of the reporting around four students. This also happens to be a field trip day, the day he returns. And so right then and there with those four students who had smiles on their faces, ready to go on this field trip and lunches in their hands, he decided they were not going. Admittedly for me, for just a second, I wasn't going to take it on, man. With a plate full of other shit to deal with, I wanted no parts of it. But then the whole principle of the thing began to eat at me. I called my secretary and bookkeeper Carla from the gym and asked her to hold the buses. And then I talked with Mr. Clark, Mr. Lester, two of our teachers of students with special needs, Miss Allie and Miss Knort, and our other fifth grade teacher, Miss Lynch, to get an idea of the situation. And in a nutshell, it was as much as I thought. You know, kids were goofing off. And, um, yeah, it was uncomfortable and awkward, but I confronted Mr. Clark and Mr. Lester, our assistant principal, because, of course, he approved this lying down once again. I don't get how he doesn't even question things like this. Anyway, I made a judgment call and reversed the decision. (laughs) The kids were going on that trip. I know neither Mr. Clark or Mr. Lester was happy with me, but I don't work each day to make them happy. In the end, Jeannie called me from the trip, another fifth grade teacher, to say that the kids, all of them, were wonderful. Yes! baby let's get into it there's so much in this episode you know i try not to make these episodes long but man first of all i had to do like three takes of the journal read (laughs) i almost didn't delete it but i damn started going into the reflection in the middle of the read plus i kept i was listening to myself and the tone i sound annoyed it, it, it happens sometimes. You know this. This entry took me back to that day. And it's, it's reflected in my tonal affect. 
I don't want you to listen to this episode and say, damn, it's time for him to take the summer off. You know, I'm coming up on summer. I take the summer off or that I'm worn down. I'm not. I'm just annoyed like we back in 2006, baby. Annoyed. Ugh. Where do we begin? I've just got a bunch of notes everywhere on this one. First of all, you know, I don't want to make assumptions. So you let me know. You know, I, I've worked in, I've not worked in what I would say like our affluent schools, but like strong middle-class communities I've worked in. And of course, you know, I've worked in the hood and the hood is where I first experienced this shit. This is some hood shit to me when you plan a field trip and then several staff members, like a few teachers take the damn day off. Like all of a sudden it's a personal day. I had to get crunk on that after a while. I was like, no, no, boo-boo. I'm not approving that. No. And I just start telling people, don't be absent. It's enough. And listen, I'm the first to say, field trips wear you out. I get it. They're also necessary. And then when you think about equity and the school I was at and wherever I've experienced this stuff, it's, it's like... Um, the schools with the kids who need exposure most, right? We trip hardest on these damn field trips. These kids need field trips. I need to get them up, up out of Terra Boulevard, off of 138, and into Atlanta or wherever we were going. And so, when these teachers like take a day off. Now, to, to to his credit, Mr. Clark was coming back from a procedure. He was actually. He was actually on like a little bit of medical leave. He had a medical procedure done and he came back on the day of the field trip. But man, I know there's a there's a journal entry or two in there where I've had to check a couple of folks like you're not taking it. Do not take that day off. Don't do it. It's, it's crazy enough to keep track of kids on a field trip to them have a sub. Well, what are we talking about? Like, hey, as long as you bring back 89 percent of the kids, it's OK. Come on, man. That's the first thing he used to annoy the hell out of me about these field trips. And then the very next thing, that's one. One A is when you're leaving kids behind. When you're leaving kids, no. No, these kids will at least afford it. And then when I start really thinking about it, short of like a really egregious incident, man, half the time it was like, you boring. You you something man I've said this a hundred different times I do adult professional development and if my stuff is not on point if it's not relevant if it's not practical if it doesn't get them turning and talking if it doesn't apply to the work they're doing today you adults will check out on me you will check out on me some of you misbehave now I don't experience that too much personally because I deliver that I deliver that fire you know this but I'm saying, we got these kids sometimes, at least at my school, in these situations where you want to leave their asses behind on a field trip, but they they should be awarded, they should be rewarded and awarded for enduring 180 days of some boring-ass teaching sometimes. Anyway, let's not get me started on that. You're not leaving kids behind. Not the kids who can least afford it. That's crazy to me. All right, so I don't, I don't like using field trips as a punishment or a carrot. It's part of the curriculum. It's part of the curriculum. And if it's set up correctly and it's viable and aligned, it's it's like another day in the classroom. So I'm not 
I've never been an advocate of using field trips as, you know, a punishment. Just, I'm just not into that, man. And I was especially, I can't say that I was, I was pretty into that at my first school, but definitely at my, definitely at this school, man. It's just kids need to be out there. And so while I give Mr. Clark credit for coming to work, coming to work, how's that sound? That's some hood shit too. Just giving folk credit for coming to work. He came back to work on a field trip day post-procedure. So I, I do give him credit for that. And I get why he was annoyed with whatever the report said. But you can't bomb the kids the day of. Right? Like, I would have pushed back if he told me on Friday he didn't want kids to go on the field trip. But not on Monday when everybody's showing up and they're ready to go and they got their, you know, got cafeterias giving out all the lunch bags or they brought their own lunch. You're not going to then drop them right there. But the folks would do that, man, like it was nothing. And like the AP just going along with just approving shit. Now listen, I, I made this note because I know in the journal entry I was annoyed. Like, why don't you ever question stuff like that? I'll be the first to admit to you that when I started out as a, a brand new assistant principal, this wasn't a conscious decision I made, but I know I was people pleasing and I wanted staff to think I was the most awesomest assistant principal on earth the problem is like there's nothing wrong with that outcome to an extent you know that's so ego based but the problem is how you get there and it was say yes to everything solve every problem be the fix it man like that's what I was doing I was fixing everything not empowering anyone and stuff like this you know, probably very early on in my career, somebody's like, I need to get these kids behind. I'm like, okay, you go ahead and do that. I got a girl, you know? And then of course they walk up and like, he's amazing. But my AP is a super veteran, man. Like 30 years in the system, man. You got to grow out of that stuff at some point. You got to grow out of that. You got to grow out of that, right? As James McGregor Burns points out in the book, School Teacher, you know, you got to be willing and able to be unloved. And so I was doubly annoyed that the AP just outright approved it. And while I wrote the words, you know, awkward and uncomfortable in the journal entry, and it was, I don't know, there's a small part of my ego that gets a kick out of that kind of stuff, too. I remember running after a bus one time. <laughs> I stopped, the, I drove after the bus and stopped it. A kid, they tried to leave behind and sneak into another classroom to hide his ass from me. I found him. And I was like, oh, y'all forgot Rodney. The teacher was like, oh, thank you, you bastard. I could see it in their eyes. They were like, you bastard. But we smiled and put them on there, man. Okay, listen. I also love that I talked a little bit about complacency. If you haven't picked up Ruthless Equity yet, you're missing out. I, I have no, I have 100% immodesty about this book. And this is not the first book I've written. And you've never heard me take this tone. But I am telling you with 100% immodesty, this book needs to be in the hands of every educator everywhere. Anyway, what I talk about in the book is the enemy of equity, which is complacency. And complacency comes in many, 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 many forms. And on this day with this journal entry, I experienced like complacency came right up on me, man. Came right up on me with my favorite snacks, right? 
had a little trial size cologne he handed me. He's whispering in my ear, said, you working your ass off. You got so much stuff to deal with here. I mean, sometimes you just need to be able to walk away from it. Like, it was in my ear. Complacency was right there because, like I said, for a second, I was ready to just kind of turn my back and walk away because I had so much other stuff to deal with and walk away. Like, that one second, it's all it takes. That's why I empathize and coach educators and coach them hard because we're all human. Complacency doesn't come out of nowhere. Complacency is inside us. And it almost got me that day. Because damn, if I didn't want to just, if I, all I'd do was like turn a corner and keep walking. And no one would have been the wiser. But uh, this time, I, I bounced back and whooped complacency's ass. The last thing I want to say about this, I've got all these cryptic notes. The last thing I want to say, and this is, this is grumpy uncle commentary. All right, so look. Save all of your blog posts and long diatribes about my archaic thinking. Save it. Save it. Save all the save all that. Because this is the way I feel. And and I don't I'm not one of those, it's my truth, therefore it's right deals. I'm just saying this this is the way I feel. Look, especially at the elementary school level, when you are a male teacher, man, it annoys me when you don't take advantage of it's almost idolatry which starts with the simple fact that I'm just throwing a number out there 85% of our profession especially at the elementary level are women and so it's not a man versus woman thing it's a like a male disrupts all that. Like all of a sudden it's a different voice. It's a different demeanor. It's a different everything. And it's to me, when you work it the right way, man, it is an opportunity. It's like the Pied Piper. Like you just, it's, it's, you have them eaten out of your hands at the elementary level. And I remember hiring this cat, man. Oh God. I just knew we were similar age, my both like sports. And I was like, this dude is gonna be the truth. And damn if he wasn't no damn discipline, teaching all his lessons from a damn overhead projector. I'm on two and a half hours sleep and I think it's showing. And I apologize. Cause I'm I'm talking way too common. That's what my grandmother would say. You you real common tonight. Like you talking to friends and stuff. So I apologize, but I'm not recording this over. I'm not doing, I'm just, I, I, I'm not going to do that. But man, I just, like, I have no tolerance for poor male teachers. Just none. None. And that doesn't mean you got to have this great big personality. That's not what I mean. But man, you you already, it's like, um... So I love stand-up comedy, right? You, you think about like a, a comic just starting out, right? They're just working local clubs. Like you got to get in there. You got to hit them folks quick or they're going to run your ass off the stage, right? Because they don't know you. You're not a known quantity. You're not proven at all. Then you get somebody like Chappelle who, you know, is more than proven. He's a legend at this point. He walks out on stage. He's got gravitas. You know what I mean? He's He can, his first couple of jokes 
can probably crash and burn in most places and he, he still has time to recover. In other words, when he walks into the room, he already has your attention. He has your attention, right? Off, off the top. And that's what it's like to be a male teacher at the elementary level, man. Like you walk in just by virtue of the fact that you are a male in a dominant, female dominated profession, like you stand out and it's just a great opportunity. And I swung and missed on a few, man. This one I inherited, but man, when you walk into a classroom, Okay, again, save save the blogs. Don't bother. Don't bother. I'm grumpy. Don't bother. But when I walk into a classroom, this back in the day, I'm annoyed when any teacher has the damn phone out calling somebody's grandma to tell on them in front of the class. But when it's a man, a male teacher at the elementary level got the damn flip phone out calling aunties and stuff, telling on the kids I just I used to tell them every time you do that it chips away at your credibility like it's it's it, it's like a granite statue and the kids are there with sledgehammers just like knocking it you think you're getting something done but what you're doing is you're burying yourself I just was so annoyed when males did not capitalize on the opportunity now I had a few who did like we had a PE teacher, Jeremy Whitaker, and I'll say his name. He was a is a bad dude. He just knew. He knew what the deal was. And you know what else I love about Jeremy? Jeremy knew. I'm gonna say it. He knew he was stealing money. Right? Because he's on the same pay scale as teachers who was doing seven, eight, like deep academic preps. And he was a great PE teacher. Don't get me wrong. But I had a feeling he knew that uh, he had some advantages. And as a result, he would bend over backwards and do anything. He would offer himself to both teachers and us as leaders. I just love that mindset, man. But again, look, I know field trips are tiring. Kids need field trips. Like don't on the one hand be whining about how much your kids aren't exposed to and on the other hand be leaving them behind or not doing field trips because they need to do more sight words at BS. I should not do podcasts on two hours sleep. Two, if you're a male teacher, man, take advantage of that. Please, please don't let me walk by your classroom and see you texting somebody's mom about some discipline. Stop it. Three, don't let complacency jump you, man. Get my book so you can learn all the forms this sucker comes in. He's out to get you. Out to get you. And lastly, don't record podcasts on two and a half hours sleep. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for the listener to hear you talking like you in the backyard, smoking brisket with your cousins around. You're supposed to be a man of intelligence. That said, again, I'm not, I'm not recording it over. Hey, I appreciate y'all. Grab my book. I've got several PD dates open in the fall. Holler at me. Set up an appointment to talk with me. 
and let's get equity going. Move it from rhetoric to results. Move it from race and rhetoric to results. Start with the crown. Hey, my book, Ruthless Equity, Disrupt the Status Quo and Ensure Learning for All Students is out. It has been met with phenomenal response. I know this is less than humble, but uh, I prayed on it. And listen, our kids can't afford me to be humble. This book needs to be in the hands of every single educator without question. And that's not about selling books. That's about impact. I can make you one solid promise when you read this book. You will not utter the phrase, this book reminds me of another book I read. You will not utter that phrase. Ruthless Equity is my defining work. It's everything I believe, everything I know. It will change the game. It clarifies equity, which has been pulled in 500,000 different directions. So pick up your copy now. You can find it on Amazon.com. Just search Ruthless Equity, Ken Williams. Or I've got a large amount of demand for signed copies. If you want a signed copy of Ruthless Equity, go to my website, unfoldthesoul.com. Go to the store in the menu tab and order Ruthless Equity from my website. You'll see this information in, in the notes as well. Lastly, for schools and districts that would like to order 20 or more copies of Ruthless Equity, I am offering a 20% discount. That's 20% off of the list price if you order 20 copies or more. To do that, go to unfoldthesoul.com slash bulk20 the number two zero unfoldthesoul.com slash bulk two zero get your copy of Ruthless Equity today it is a game changer baby on the next episode of the Unfold the Soul bless his heart leadership podcast it's hiring season baby it's exciting got to keep stuff under wraps and let me give you a tip about putting your best foot forward you've been listening to the Unfold the Soul bless his heart podcast with Ken Williams for more information about Ken visit unfoldthesoul.com <laughs>